Like I don't even on social media, but the amount of t- the amount of photographs I have on my phone of different loaves of banana bread. Nobody ate it beforehand. That's nobody. Anybody now who says they ate banana bread before COVID nineteen is probably lying, right? Because personal opinion, <laughs> controversial time, banana bread is rank. All right. Hey gals. Hey gals. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily, and this is Cradle to the Gram. So firstly, we want to say an absolutely massive thank you to everyone that has listened to us and supported us and reached out to us so far. We've honestly been overwhelmed by all the kind words and enthusiasm that we've seen from people. We, When we originally started talking about this as an idea, without even having to ask the other about their you know implicit motivation we both said that if if even one person listened to the podcast and found that it was helpful then we'd be absolutely delighted so the responses definitely exceeded our expectations so a massive thank you to everyone that's listened so far and if you are new welcome and please do go back to to our previous episodes and have a listen especially episode one because we do a fun little get to know you quiz But this episode's topic is going to be lockdown expectations. I know certainly for me, lockdown has made me ask many questions of myself, including, you know, should I be learning a new language every fortnight or should I actually be eating chocolate, sitting on the couch and just attempting to process all the craziness that's going on and deal with the fact that I basically haven't been outside my immediate vicinity for three months at this point yeah and I think we're going to propose or we're going to talk about the middle ground we're actually going to talk about the middle ground of being human and not having to live up to our own expectations or the expectations of others so it's going to be a really interesting and fun episode hopefully I feel that every week has been different every day has been different and I know that an awful lot of people have been having the same experience yeah and I I'm genuinely so excited to hear your thoughts about it because you've been off social media for two years now and I always talk about taking social media breaks and I never ever managed to pull it off I think the furthest I've ever gotten is turning off my notifications and it's up to me then to control how often I check the various apps so I do honestly find what you've managed to do pretty inspiring well I'll tell you the story now, uh, kids, everybody get their armbands because we're going to get a bit deep for a moment, okay, just for a, a split second. So I'm not a saint, first of all, I'm not proclaiming that this is the way forward. I'm not like selling my, de- my, my social media detox. This is just purely what has worked for me. It's changed my life. It really, really has. And I suppose it's just kind of the way I'm planning and continuing to plan to live my life for the foreseeable future. So I think the first thing to kind of clear up is that like I'm not some grassroots hippie sitting here with like my little tin cat and just like wondering what the hell is going on in the world. I still do consume media. I am a a millennial, so I am a massive fan of online magazines I have a couple of regular ones that I've read I've mentioned a couple of a couple of them in previous episodes and I do use Reddit so I'm a Reddit user I love the weird and wonderful world of Reddit um, I don't know whether you count it as social media I suppose you do now even Reddit has its, its dark sides and its, its dark points and I absolutely 
know when to cut that off but um, I do still use Reddit occasionally but I don't have a Facebook I don't have an Instagram and I don't use Twitter I suppose if we're going to look at why I don't use social media we really have to go back to the start and it's it really is a kind of a start of a, a longer story about mental health and about burnout and about expectations and kind of an awful lot of other complex issues so it goes really nicely with this episode but basically to kind of sum it all up 2015 was the hardest year of my life so far and in 2016 I started the year and I looked what had happened to me previously and how I wanted my life to be so I looked back at you know all of the things that led up to 2015 being so bad and I really kind of sat down and thought about what I wanted my life to be and I think you can only kind of do that when you hit such a low point that you literally have no other way but going up Mm -hmm. so like while it's a really dark time and it was a really hard year I look back at it and I'm just like so actually really really grateful that I had it because I was able to kind of rethink what it is I wanted you know we all know that thing about new year's resolutions right now I hate New Year's. I don't know how you feel about New Year's era. I yeah, I don't buy into the whole resolution thing. To be honest, if you're not going to do it, you know, if you can't kick it off in June, then why does it have to be January? I yeah, I would be of the same uh, of the same thought. I hate New Year's. I just think it's a big. I just don't like it. It's just not. It's not the part of Christmas that I enjoy. Um, the kind of Christmas period, but that year I decided I wasn't going to do I wasn't going to do a resolution I was actually going to set an intention and that's something I've been doing since 2016 since start 2016 so I set myself an intention for the year and so 2015 had been the year about all about pushing myself really really hard and you know all the other bits bits and pieces but 2016 was really just going to be a year to be kind to myself so I did lots of um, comfort eating. I did lots of, you know, work on myself. And one of the things I looked at was social media, how I could cut down and reduce social media to a point where I was like going to be happy with it. So that was all grand. 2016 happened. You know, we cried our tears. We ate our cake. We pulled ourselves <laughs> together. We were kind to ourselves and, you know, tried to be kind to others. And that was all fine. It was working fine to me until 2017 so New Year's 2017 I was like this intention thing worked really really well for me and because when you set an intention it's not a resolution you haven't decided resolutely that that is something that you're going to do whether it's an intention is something that you want to do that you're going to try to do and that it's not going to be perfect but you're going to kind of work towards it so I was like right 2017 what is the year of 2017 what is the resolution and for 2017 it was the year of being selfish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had spent 2016 pulling every single part of myself back together And I was like, 2017 is my year to do whatever the hell I want. And I'm not making apologies and I'm going to be selfish. And part of that was removing social media. I looked at kind of social media as what it it actually was. And like my background is in psychology. I have a master's in work and organizational psychology and I've studied psychology in college. It's something I've always been interested in. And I really looked at what social media represented to me. And to be honest, I just, I'd spent so much time pulling myself back together that I actually just didn't want to share myself with anybody anymore I I just didn't want people who I knew didn't care about me or people who I knew didn't talk to me or people who I knew that in the lowest part of my life weren't there I just didn't want to share with them every waking moment I didn't want to share like all of my really special moments and when I sat down at the start of 2017 I remember like myself and Enda went on a trip and I picked the location of where we were going on this trip, a day, just a day trip. I picked the location because of how Instagrammable it was. I didn't pick the location because I was like, oh my God, you know, myself and Enda would actually have a great time there that day. I went there to take a photograph to share it with people that didn't care about me. I didn't care about them. And I think it kind of actually was like a bit of a shock to the system. So I was like, do you know what, I'm just going to give it a go for a month. 
I'm just going to delete my face. I'm not going to delete my Facebook, but I'm going to, you know, I think you can take like a, a Facebook break. I don't know whether you can anymore or not. But 2017 mm-hmm. anyway, I was like, I'm just going to delete Instagram. I'm going to, you know, put, put Facebook on pause and we'll just see how we get on. And to be honest, I wouldn't recommend it as a strategy for everyone. I think I was just in the headspace, then the same headspace that I am now, which was if people care about me, people will reach out. They won't need to know what I'm having for dinner that night. They won't really care about where I went on my day trips. If people actually care about me, they will reach out. And I was absolutely shocked. 2017 was definitely the year where I lost a lot of relationships, lost a lot of friendships. I know it sounds very narcissistic and I'm sitting up here in my Ivy Terry, like if you want to talk to me, come talk to me. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you want if you want to know girl I'll tell you you just pick up the phone yeah. and I think that I actually found myself reaching out to the people that were important to me as well because I couldn't see what they were doing on a day-to-day basis I couldn't see what they were having for dinner I couldn't see where they were going <laughs> or what they were doing or who who they were with or what their relationship looked like or any of the rest of it so I found myself reaching out to people and I can honestly say that in 2020 my friends that I have now are my my true friends my friends now know that I'm not there all the time I'm not living in their pockets. I might not talk to them for a week or two or three weeks or four weeks or even months. But my friends now, I think, know that I won't be there for every like. I'm not going to be there for every waking moment, but I will be there for the moments that count. It's just been a whole different experience for me. I think if we actually look at social media and we're, we're going to think about social media detoxes, like you mentioned, you have to really step back and look at what social media means for you. And for me, it meant sharing parts of myself that I actually just don't want to share with people anymore. So it's led to more meaningful relationships, I think, for me. Now, again, it's not for everyone. I know we're all desperate, me included, are desperate to be connected to people. And I think this lockdown has showed everybody how much we actually need everybody else. But like, I don't know how many people are reaching out through Facebook or how many people are reaching out through Instagram, but I know a hell of a lot of people are just picking up the phone. Mm -hmm. I know a hell of a lot of people are, are getting on Zoom. I know a hell of a lot of people are using WhatsApp and I think I can speak for our group of friends Sarah and please like jump in we've never talked so much yeah absolutely and I think that that's that's really kind of what I take it so yeah Sarah I've talked a lot for ages now and uh, I have a pain in my arse and sitting up on my high horse uh, so I'd be interested to think what you what do you think what do you think stops you from getting off social media or what do you get from social media I think for me it's a lot of my interests live on social media in terms of keeping up to date with them so I'm a big sports fan. I'm a huge music fan and generally, you know, release dates or, you know, updates for matches, trade talks, anything like that. Most of it is more easily digestible on social media. So I could absolutely just go to the NBA.com website if I want to know when the NBA has decided to come back after COVID. But if I don't want to dive into the whole thing right now, I can also just go to the NBA's Instagram page and read a little snippet that tells me what I need to know. I think I've become quite used to and fond of, to be honest, being able to digest information in smaller pieces so that I can then decide if I want to deep dive into it, I can deep dive into it, but I don't have to do that straight away. I kind of, I like that element. I think also just that I have I have friends, you know, through work and just people that I've met generally who live in different places all over the world and who are on different time zones. And sometimes it's it's quite hard to connect with them over 
consistent block of time. So I think sometimes if I can't speak to them for maybe a month to have a proper catch up, I can react to their story every so often, or I can have little interactions with them that kind of keep us taking over, but we don't need to have a big chat for an hour or whatever. Yeah. And I think I appreciate both approaches. I appreciate your approach. And I also, for me, I just enjoy social media. Sometimes I do spend too much time on it generally due to boredom I don't spend too much time on it if I'm busy I won't I won't stop my day to go on Instagram if I'm really busy I will just leave my phone down but certainly I've always been I've always just been really into social media at one point I thought I wanted to work in social media yeah in terms of you know account management or strategy things like that I've always been really interested in marketing and social media is obviously a huge tool for that now so I think for me it's less of a crutch and more of a tool that I actually find really useful in a lot of different ways, but I do think I overuse it. So I'm aware of the positives that I use it for, but there are also negatives where I can just end up scrolling or, you know, as we're going to, as we're going to talk about in this episode, comparing myself to other people. Yeah. And I think it's a huge issue for our generation. A lot of us have an aversion to being called millennials. I personally don't like it is what it is. You know, you're, your generation gets given this name and people have negative connotations sometimes but I I kind of think that's it's a bit like overdone at this point we absolutely compare ourselves no matter how hard we try not to it's almost impossible to avoid it and I think lockdown has just thrown it into huge relief because it's it's even more impossible to get away from it because you can't physically you can't get away For example, in Ireland at the moment, you can't get away beyond five kilometers. So, you know, you're going to feel physically boxed in as well as probably mentally boxed in. It's just something that, you know, we we have a laugh and a joke about it, but it is actually something that you will have to be careful of as we get more and more freedom. We need to make sure that we extend that freedom in our behaviors as well, because you really don't want to become too isolated into that little bubble where you care so much about what everyone else is doing and whether yeah. or not you're doing enough because at the end of the day you decide enough like you said you have to it's up to each person to decide what social media means to them and then determine how they are comfortable with using it in the same way you have to decide whether you care about whether your cousin or your friend or the influencer that you follow is posting a new workout video every day if that's of no interest to you, then you shouldn't feel pressured to copy them. Yes. But that is what happens. Yes. That's exactly what happens. And I've I've fallen prey to it myself. Well, you're only human. I hate to break yeah, the news to you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so hard to take in. But I, I certainly felt, you know, I've I've been out of work for three months now and I've had to work really hard on figuring out what matters to me and what I want to keep to do to keep busy yeah yeah and I think there's two interesting points that I want to touch on the first is that that word enough Mm. that's such a powerful word enough is when you have had it enough is having as much as you need enough is knowing where that line is where if you cross that line you are burdening yourself or you're burdening you know someone else or whatever the case may be I don't think that we as a generation know what enough is. All of all of the people that I know basically hold themselves to such high 
standards that it's insane it brings this other question about the footprint or the blueprint for life that other generations have brought before us and you touched on it a little bit with the unemployment there our parents generation would have been like you work and work and work it doesn't matter if what you're doing you like it or not you're going to work because you need to have money in the bank because there could be another recession but this our generation have had up to this point the luxury of like oh well if you the biggest lie in history if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life Uh, no you're still working are our generation the millennial generation are we going to live along this blueprint that our parents have sent us have like passed down from generations generations probably not and Mm. i think covid has brought that into like a huge sharp focus for people And the other thing I want to touch on that you mentioned, which is so important, and again, guys, we could do podcasts and podcasts about these, all of these different uh, topics. If there's one that jumps out to you, please let us know via social media. We'd love to talk about it. <laughs> well, like, let's say know via social media. We'd love to talk about it. <laughs> but the other thing is, and I, I think I saw it most powerful, powerfully when one of my friends wrote in another chat that I'm in. It's like, whatever you want to call it, isolation, lockdown. It's not a fat camp. I, I don't know when it started being this thing where we all had to absolutely exercise ourselves to death. I, I put my hands up and say I have been actively trying to lose weight for my own health for the past year and a half. I'm probably right now, I'm probably the fittest I've ever been because I'm using exercise as an outlet for stress because I literally, I can't go shopping, right? The finances, I'm like, I can't, there's only so much you can browse ASOS and buy things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And my my usual shopping platform, which would be Gpop, is basically inaccessible at the moment. So I, I can't burn my stress any other way. And, and like exercise is good, but only if you enjoy it. It's like you said, you shouldn't feel that just because one person is doing something that you should absolutely do that too. The strongest example I have seen of that, and like you're going to laugh, is banana bread. I will like I'm all for the using of the waste, the waste, not wasting food or whatever. Like I literally have an apple an apple tray bake out there because I had three apples left over yesterday the amount of times people are like i'm making banana bread i'm making banana bread i'm making banana bread but you hate to bake mm. i've never heard you make banana bread before but it's it's become this thing that you do yeah it's become this this symbol of lockdown the banana bread yeah. we're all desperately trying to show that we're using this time to do something because for some reason in our psyche it's not okay to just sit there and scroll. It's mm. not okay just to be like, I'm, I remember, and end it now, in fairness, end it, lads, if any of you ever need a, a mirror, an unashined mirror shown up to your face, and Enda said it to me the other day, he was like, I remember sitting, on, sitting listening to you on a call week two of lockdown and I was like I'm going to use this week to support Irish businesses, I'm going to learn how to bake once a week, I'm going to do this, this, this and this. Some of them I've done but I was literally, I was like you, Sarah, I was, I found myself in the middle of baking and I said this on our, our friends group chat. I was like, I, f- I hate baking. I hate yeah. it. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. It's just not my thing. Now, I did make a tray bake yesterday and it is bloody delicious. But, <laughs> do you know, what? I just don't know where this obsession with having to use our time to do something has come from. And it's interesting because... I felt it mostly from social media, but then you're not on it and you still felt it. So it just goes to show that we do often villainize social media and there are dark aspects of it for sure. But at the end of the day, we're all actually accountable for our own behavior. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not anyone else forcing us to do anything. It doesn't have to be anything groundbreaking. There's this really competitive as long as alongside the comparison complex is a really kind of strong sense of competition also amongst our generation where again nothing is ever enough 
because there's always someone who is doing it better, faster, have has a bigger audience than you. And the thing is, if that matters to you, then that's absolutely fine. You should go after it and give it 100%. But if it doesn't, and if that's not your passion, just take some time and figure out what is, because you can do whatever you want that interests you. Yeah. And I think that what you just said sums it up. That is the reason why we are one of the most indebted generations ever. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with appearances. I've done it myself. I still do it myself, despite my best efforts. That is what we're trying to do. It it is competition. Mm -hmm. It is raw competition. It is better, faster, stronger. And that is the workplace. That is society. That is relationships. This is a very sad story now, like in in a kind of way. But whenever I tell this to people, they're like, oh, my God, it's awful. I remember at my sixth class graduation ceremony, and um, I'll dig out the poem, actually, and we might post it on our Instagram for people to have a look at. But there's a line in this poem that the principal read out and it was there will always be greater and lesser people than yourself in the world. Mm. And it's something that just has stuck with me my my whole life. It only really sunk in back in 2015 when I, I had that low point. There's always going to be better and there's always going to be worse. All you mm-hmm. can do is do you. My friends, as like I say to Enda, as like I say to myself, feel your feelings. Your feelings are not bad. They're not good. And as long as you take responsibility and own it, you're fine. Take responsibility for the actions that come for those feelings. But absolutely feel them. There's, you know, there's, we're all, we're all just existing. We're all just around for the ride. Like we don't have to be baking banana bread or learning a new language if it doesn't interest us. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, just the originality side of it is that you might even meet you know, new people that are into the same things as you that you would never have met if you just went along as part of the herd. Yeah. And it's, I'm not saying I've never done, I've done it plenty of times. I've learned now from that to just take a step back and really question if I'm taking a new direction with something, why am I doing it? What's my, what's my actual motivation behind it? Because if I don't really care about it and if it's not worth it, then I should, I should find something else. Yeah, and it comes back to kind of what we said at the start of the episode. It doesn't have to be a resolution. It can just be an intention. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen for whatever reason. You don't have to go back and have a look at it and, and isolate the reasonings or any of the rest of it. Actually think about what you want to do. I think that, that that's another thing that, you know, expectations kind of brought up around COVID is the expectation of where we, we need to be in life. You know, just because you're not where your friends are doesn't mean that you're not succeeding. Yeah. For me personally, I find myself standing between two stools. My group of friends that I'd have from Enda are all at the stage of life where they're getting married. They have children. They bought houses. They're coming into their late, their middle to late adulthood, you know. And then our group of friends would be at a stage where just starting to get engaged, looking to get married. None of them own a house. Some of us, including myself, are still living the Dublin dream, getting the experience and trying to figure out what we want to do. I think that sometimes it's really hard to actually figure out which which path is the right path. But the mm. fact of the matter is the right path is the right path for you. It's the comparison culture again. And it's it is difficult. It almost sometimes can influence the decisions you're making. And it is hard to force yourself to take another look at it, you know, and you have to give yourself time. You can't expect yourself to make big life decisions in the blink of an eye. But I think, again, just originality and being authentic and comfortable with the fact that you're making your own decisions for the right reasons is something I hold massively dear. And I think 
people are sometimes afraid of it, which is understandable, but actually you'd be surprised. You're afraid of it because of what you feel other people might think or how they might react. But actually, often when you do something different or unexpected, people are really impressed or they're really kind of surprised and they'll often say, well done you for doing that. I never I never knew you even wanted to do that or had an interest in doing that. It's It's actually nice to stand out and be different. So I would say that I would say just give yourself the time and don't be afraid to take a step that you're you're worried about what other people might think. It's very easy for it to let it blinker you, but it really shouldn't, because at the end of the day, if you look back and regret anything, you'll be like, why did I care what so and so down the road thought about that decision 20 years ago? Like, why did why did I actually care where are they now am I friends with them yeah absolutely and I think we've learned that from actually putting out this podcast where I've certainly learned that people have been overwhelmingly supportive and you know I've had conversations with lots of different people about motivations behind it and you know why we've done it and stuff and I think one of the things that has come across really strongly and people have asked me oh you know what are you going to do if people are critical about it and I always kind of just think to myself I'm like the day this this podcast started to work was the day we stopped looking at everybody else and what everybody else was doing we stopped looking at the analytics and we just sat down and we were like yeah we're just going to do this it's very very easy to tear things down it's not very easy to create things so with all that being said it would probably be helpful if we suggested to people ways that they could maybe get on track to have more achievable goals and things like that, which serves as a wonderful segue to our (laughs) beloved segment, There's an App for That. My suggestion this episode actually comes via my very good friend, Jen. So thank you, Jen, for this. But she introduced me to an app called 21 Days. Jen is one of the friends who, like Emily, I am very comfortable with having these kind of open conversations about how things in the world are affecting me or you know just kind of life conversations but just on a very normal level it doesn't have to be anything serious we were talking about how we both felt under pressure to be sort of appearing to constantly achieve things at the beginning of lockdown and she spoke to me about an app called 21 days which effectively works off the premise that I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with which is on average it takes a person about 21 days of effort to adopt a new habit successfully essentially 21 days is an app where you set an intention it doesn't have to be an activity-based one. It could be literally just getting into the habit of keeping your financial budget up to date every week. Or I saw an example, a really good example of one where someone had one in to take a rest for for 15 minutes every day because that's how stressed this person was. And I applauded them for, for recognizing that and acting on it. It could be absolutely anything and it tracks you and you have to sort of check in every day to say whether you did it or not. And I just think instead of this social media immediate gratification kind of thing where everything is extreme, this just gives you a way more reasonable trajectory and you set, you know, short-term small goals. I just think it's a really good idea, especially in times like these, particularly if you've arrived at the stage where you've given some thought to something that you want to take up or take up again that you used to do that you liked and you kind of don't know where to start I think definitely give 21 days a try I would love to hear if people are already using it how you're getting on or what you've used it for also if people do give it a try after listening to this just let us know 
we're at cradle to the gram on Instagram. I just think it's a lovely idea. I think it's back to basics. And I think that's that's a very important thing to do. It's something that's very often forgotten is just going back to the root of, of why you're even doing something. Amazing. Love that. So mine this week is actually the Open University. So for those of you who don't know, the Open University is an online um, education resource where you can do lots of different qualifications. You pay for some of them, but they have a huge uh, selection of free online courses. So for me, we talked about, you know, expectations throughout the episode. But what I've come to realize, I think, being three months in lockdown is I actually don't want to learn to make banana bread. I actually don't want to learn a new language. I actually want to get to the root of something that's been making me uncomfortable my whole life. So with that, I've undertaken a free online adult maths course on the Open University. So it's literally back to basics, trying to get you more confidence uh, with your mathematic ability, everything from simple things like using a calculator percentages so I've started that uh, two weeks ago and I absolutely love it I couldn't recommend it enough so for anyone who wants to upskill in their areas of literacy in terms of maths or anything or even if you want to explore an interest um, I couldn't recommend the Open University enough so that's openuniversity.edu um, and you can find them through Google. So that would be the one I would recommend uh, for this week. I absolutely love that. And kudos to you because I hated maths. Like I am all Ugh. the way a language and creative person. This is terrible, but I was really interested in science when I was younger. And I actually wanted to be a meteorologist for years because I was really interested in extreme weather. Cool. Yeah. And when I went to secondary school, I was excited to do your biology, chemistry and physics. And I was so sort of nervous and unsure of my own ability that obviously I didn't perform very well in class. And the teacher that I had, who will remain nameless, just basically told me not to bother anymore. So I never did any science past junior cert. Yeah, it's such it's such a huge thing because... I've never now if I was in a sale girl and it was 75% off I would be able to do the math mm. in my head like that like hello yeah. I, I see you but I found myself in a situation a few weeks ago where I was trying to do maths and I literally my, I was broke, broke out in a cold sweat yeah. sweating I was sweating and I was like you know what now this is actually the thing that makes me the most uncomfortable this is actually just a small area that I can work in in my life and I also think that you know if we look at those kind of things like our maths our English our reading our writing stuff that we hated in school that makes us feel that way now we should just take this time even like I think I think actually the online course that I'm doing at the moment is 24 hours over the space of seven Grant. weeks so if you take the time that you use scrolling at night and sit down and just do a little bit of maths it might help you for the next time you find yourself in a situation where you're like oh my god what am I going to do there are times where I will rely on Katie you know, especially, oh my God, I'm especially in big life decisions, you know, if you're talking about loans or yeah. mortgages or basically anything to do with potential debt or a big purchase, you need to understand the basics behind it. And it can be people can take advantage of you if you don't, because you don't know the right questions yeah. to ask and things like that and the pitfalls. So that's fantastic. That's that's massive. Well done. Listen, the amount of times I've actually rang up Katie and been like, Katie, I actually don't know how to budget. Yeah, Oh my God, like there should be a budgeting um, module on every course in university, regardless of whether you're studying English, maths, music, anything. There should just be a module on budgeting because people have no clue. And of course, we don't have a clue. I think and I'm sorry, but like not to put putting my tin hat back on. We're not supposed to have a clue. I suppose. 
you know I think there's definitely an episode in there for that if anybody would like that episode we're going to talk about we could talk about financial literacy we could talk more about maths and reading and writing and those kind of skills and um, I know it doesn't sound very sexy <laughs> now but we can talk about some of the uh, financial issues facing our generation so if you'd like that Instagram at cradle to the gram let us know and we will do that for you absolutely before we sign off I have to mention our wonderful Katie Curtin who did our artwork I didn't give out her Instagram handle the last time so it's at ATC <gasps> underscore designs underscore on Instagram. She's absolutely fantastic. She's a joy to work with. So if you're in the market for anything design wise, please do reach out to her. Thank you so much for that, Katie. You're an absolute <laughs> rock star. So the next episode, we are going to be moving from talking about all of those lovely expectations into the little things we're going to talk about the little things that have kept us sane the little things that have kept us going what are our little tidbits i'm sure we're going to be surprised to hear what we both have to say i have a whole list of things that i am so much more grateful for now than i was before lockdown so i can't wait to get into those based on today's episode if you have any recommendations of social media accounts tv shows maybe other podcasts courses like emily said Anything at all that you've genuinely found to be helpful with dealing with lockdown expectations, we'd absolutely love to hear them and we'd love to share them with other people as well. So please do drop us a DM or send us a voice note or just comment on our latest post. We are at Cradle to the Gram on Instagram and we'd be only delighted to hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time about Chat the little soon. things. Bye.